0: You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente on today's edition.
1: I want you to notice about the feast and the first is that each feast occurs in a season. It occurs at a distinct time and it's a sign to us. Now what does a sign do? A sign points you someplace, right? A sign directs you. It focuses your attention. And so what these feasts do is they focus your attention on God's plan of redemption.
0: When you read scripture, you might skim across details that don't seem to have that much importance to the overall story. However, Pastor Holland shows us today that God is not flippant in His doling out of details. God has precisely and intricately worked things together so that it should be nearly impossible for us to miss what He's doing. God's love and redemption are like fingerprints all over His creation, and His voice is unmistakable in the pages of the Bible. Stay tuned so that you don't miss out. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Leviticus chapter 23 as he begins his message, Spring Feasts.
1: We're going to be looking at God's calendar for redemption, God's calendar in the Scriptures. And today we're going to be looking specifically at the Spring Feast. Next week we're going to be looking at the Fall Feast. And the Spring Feast correspond to the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And so since we didn't get to properly celebrate Easter this year, we're going to celebrate Easter. And I love how God's Word just kind of lines up this year during Easter, if you remember All of us were kind of sheltered in our home. That's when the COVID had just broken out and we were all had to be in home. And so we kind of did Easter online uh, and it wasn't quite the same. You know, we did our Good Friday service. You'll see these crosses here in a minute. You're going to have an opportunity to nail your sins to the cross and uh, and to experience the forgiveness of Jesus. And, you know, in our house, you know, we tried to. Do the nailing the sins to the cross thing. We made a little tiny cross, a mini cross. And here's little Vincent, my grandson, not even, you know, just a year and a half. And he's nailing his one sin to the cross. You know, that sin of, you know, the diaper sin, you know, that happens several times a day. You know, he's in there doing that. And it was like a nice home video, but it wasn't like the same as gathering together and celebrating Easter. And so I thought, we need to celebrate Easter. We need to have our times, right? We need to have our festivals Because they're important to us. They're significant to us. And so let's begin by saying that traditional resurrection greeting. And we say, He is risen. And you say? He is risen. Risen indeed. He is risen. He He is risen indeed. Yes, we celebrate a God who lives, not a God who's dead, not a God who's made out of wood or stone, but a God who's living and a God who speaks. And that's the reality. God is a God who speaks. He's a God of revelation. And God loves to declare his plans to man ahead of time before they happen. God loves to do that. He wants you to know what he's going to do. And the Bible calls that prophecy. That's what real, true prophecy is. You know, so many people say that prophecy is when God comes to you and says, Don't worry, be happy you know, or, or, you know, oh, I see you as a little butterfly, and I see your potential, you know, and, and there's some goofy stuff out there in the name of prophecy, but prophecy is when God tells you what his plans are in advance. He reveals to you history in advance, and so Isaiah 46, 9 through 10 says, remember the former things of old, for I am God, And there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. So God reveals to you His plans in advance. I'll share with you something that when we were in our outreaches in the Midwest and And if you remember, at the end of the year, God speaks to us and tells us what's going to happen in the coming year. And he said, it's going to be a year of storms. He said, the storms are going to come, but he said, you're not going to simply survive the storms, you're going to thrive in the midst of the storms. And guess what? The storm came. But God said that we weren't just going to survive the storm, we're going to thrive in the storm. And guess what? As we've gone through the storm, we've not just survived, we've thrived. God has blessed us in the midst of us, and it's, it's crazy. Those of us that are kind of on the board, we see how God's blessing our church, and it's like, it's unbelievable to us. It doesn't make any sense to us, the blessing of God. Isn't that amazing? And so we don't have to wander around like people that don't know the will of God. You know, oh, I wonder what God's will is. Read his word. His word will tell us what his will is. And listen to his voice. He will speak to you. And that's what makes the Bible so unique. It's the only book that writes history in advance. It writes his story before it happens so that when it happens, you'll be prepared to give him glory. And the seven feasts of Israel is God's timetable for mankind. It lays out God's plan for redemption for all of mankind. You know, when God created the sun and the Moon, he said in Genesis 1:14, "Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years." In Psalms 104, verse 19, it says that God appointed the moon for seasons. And in Leviticus 23, 4, it says, These are the feasts of the Lord, which you will proclaim. It says in your Bible, at your appointed times. But in the Hebrew, it says, you will proclaim them in their seasons. And so God, through the feasts, are revealing to us His seasons. His times and His seasons. Now keep this in mind, because next week, when we look at the fall feasts... The signs, the appointed times, and the, and the seasons of God for the fall. Jesus said, you don't know the day or the hour, but you can know what? The times and the seasons. So guess what? When we look at those, I hope you get really excited. Because all of a sudden, it's going to come clear to you that we're in the times and the seasons that Jesus was talking about. Today, we're going to look at the spring feasts. Paul, writing to the Colossians, said in Colossians 2, verses 16 and 17, Let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come. And so these festivals are shadows of things to come. But the substance is of Christ. You know, The difference between the Jewish calendar and our calendar, which is based on the Gregorian calendar, is that the Jewish calendar is based on the moon. It's called a lunar calendar. And so it's every 30 days. The Gregorian calendar is based on the sun. So there's a little bit of variation between the dates in the Old Testament, the dates in the Bible, the Hebrew dates, and our English dates. And so whenever you find someone who is trying to interpret the Bible through the Gregorian calendar, they're going to miss some of the important days. They're not going to get it straight because they're going to miss what God is doing because he was writing in the Hebrews, to the Hebrews, not to the world. And so he's going to interpret it in their language. And there's two things I want you to notice about the feast. And the first is that each feast occurs in a season. It occurs at a distinct time, and it's a sign to us. Now, what does a sign do? A sign points you someplace, right? A sign directs you. It focuses your attention. And so what these feasts do is they focus your attention on God's plan of redemption. They focus your attention on what God is about to do. The second thing I want you to understand about each of these feasts is that they each relate to a significant prophetic event in history regarding the revelation of Jesus as the Messiah. It's revealing to the Jewish people that Jesus is the Messiah. Remember, these are Jewish feasts. So God is speaking to the nation of Israel that he is going to reveal who Messiah is. And if we as Gentiles are paying attention, we get the revelation too. Now, the spring feasts have to do with Passover and redemption. Passover is all about redemption. The fall feasts have to do with the revelation, the unveiling of Messiah. Consequently, what's the last book in the Bible? The book of Revelation, but what's the full title? The Revelation of Jesus Christ. What is Christ, Greek, for Messiah? It's the revelation of Jesus as the Messiah. And so you have the spring feast, which have to do with redemption. You have the fall feast, which have to do with the revelation of Messiah to the world, and especially the nation of Israel. What do you have in between? The spring feast and the fall feast? The summer harvest. It's the summer harvest. And everything in the summer harvest has to do with the message of salvation going out to all the nations. Now, that was supposed to be the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel was supposed to be the light to the nations, but they rejected God. They rejected God, and they broke their covenant with God by giving themselves over to idols. And so God raised up another people called the church. And during this summer harvest, God is using the church to bring the message of the gospel to the whole world. But... That doesn't mean that God is finished with Israel. There are those that believe that the church has replaced Israel in prophecy and scripture, and that is a mistake. That is wrong. That's wrong theology. Especially in the Reformed tradition, they they believe that. God is not finished with Israel. In fact, the book of Revelation tells us that there's going to be a revival. God is going to revive his relationship with Israel. It happens in Isaiah tells us about it. Ezekiel tells us about it. All the prophets tell us about it, that God is going to restore his, na- his relationship with the nation of Israel, and that's going to happen during the fall feast. We're going to see that next time.
0: Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel
1: in San Clemente. And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus people community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse, and we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomene.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God
0: richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio.
1: But during this time now is the summer harvest. It's the time when the gospel is going out. So when people tell you and they get on the radio, and I don't care how famous they are or how many books they've written, when they get on and say, God is judging America, turn them off and say, you're a heretic. You're a heretic. Why? Because we're not in the time of judgment. We're in the time of harvest. God's grace is being poured out. And every person that proclaims that God is judging America right now through the COVID or through 9-11. I remember all these guys that got on, some guys up in Glendora that are under persecution right now. They got on the radio and national TV and said, God is judging America and he's destroying the Twin Towers. And what was interesting is that the rabbis got on and they said, you know, we would never blame God for something like this. God doesn't operate this way. He doesn't do this. God is about life. God is about redemption. God is about salvation. We blame the terrorists. The terrorists are evil, wicked people. We blame the evil, wicked people. Now, I like that theology, don't you? God is about life. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So when you see stealing, killing, and destroying, who is that at work? It's the enemy. It's Satan. It's not God. Jesus says, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world. So you have to have that as a clear boundary in your theology. If you don't have that as a clear boundary in your theology, then you're going to believe all kinds of things that are happening in your life, and it's all because of God. And you're going to blame him for stuff that he's not doing. And you're going to miss what he is doing. Because what he's trying to do in your life is to bring you life to release life in you. And so every one of these festivals, everything in the spring feast, everything in the fall feast, the summer harvest, everything points to one thing or one person, and that's Jesus. And the first feast that is mentioned in Leviticus 23 is the Passover. These are the feasts of the Lord. Holy convocations which you shall proclaim at their appointed times, On the 14th day of the first month at twilight is the Lord's Passover. Now, the Passover was instituted in the book of Exodus, in Exodus chapter 12. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 1, we read, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Now, Israel has two calendars. They have a civil calendar, a civic calendar, and then they have a spiritual calendar, a religious calendar. The civil calendar, believe it or not, celebrates or begins with the birth of the world. It celebrates the birth of the natural order, the beginning of the natural order. The nation of Israel counted backwards from every day all the way back to creation. And what they say is that creation began on the 1st of Tishri, on the 1st of Tishri, which is in September, October. And by the way, their their dates are something like 5,781. So that means that the world, thank you, Dr. Scott, uh, and that means the world is 5,781 years old. Think about that. I mean, they're meticulous. They've counted it all the way. They started in the very beginning, you know, and they don't forget a day. I just found out there's, I think there's a little bit of Jewishness in my wife because she never forgets anything I've ever said. (laughs) You know, they always remember everything. And so from the very beginning, 5,781, the first of Tishri, that's when the world was created. That is the beginning, the birth of the world, the birth of man, when man was born. That's the beginning of the natural order. But God instituted a second new year. And that second new year corresponded with their redemption, the day that they were delivered out of bondage at Passover. And that is the first of Aviv, which happens around March, April in our time frame. So the first of Aviv. So there's a day when man was born, and then there's a day when man was born again. Those are the two days that they celebrate in the nation of Israel. And you know what? As Christians, we do that too. We all celebrate our birthdays, most of us. Sometimes you forget as you get older on purpose, you know, and uh, you don't necessarily celebrate or you don't at least let people know. Like Scott told us the exact year that we're in, you tell people, yeah, I was born somewhere in this century, you know? But also we celebrate the day that we met Jesus, that we were born again, that we have in our own lives, we have a civic calendar and we have a spiritual calendar, a time that we were born and a time that we were born again. And God says that our life begins on Passover, that our new life begins the moment we are delivered out of bondage. On the 10th of the month, every man shall take a lamb for himself. And so they were to bring a little lamb into their house. And it was just a lamb to them. And for four days, they're going to take care of the lamb. And they're going to feed that lamb. And they're going to play with that lamb. And on the 14th day, at twilight, what happens when you take care of a little baby lamb for four days? You fall in love with that lamb. And now that lamb becomes your lamb. You know, and so they take their lamb and they, the lamb that they fed, the lamb that they played with, and they were to kill their lamb at the door of their home. And they were to take the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel. And when they would apply the blood, the doorpost, the lintel, and the other doorpost, And what sign were they making when they would do this? They're Jewish. What is it? The tov. The Tav. It's the Hebrew letter Tav. Now, what is significant about the Hebrew letter Tav? It's the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The first letter is Aleph. You have the Aleph and the Tav. Aleph is the first letter. Tav is the last letter. If you were to say it in the Greek, it would be the Alpha and the Omega. The Alpha and the Omega. Who is the Alpha and the Omega? Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus is the Aleph and the Tav. But here's what's interesting, that we, what we see in modern Judaism today in the, in the Hebrew letters that we see today, uh, it's one thing, but in ancient Hebrew, it would have looked different. In ancient Hebrew, they would, have, they would have made the sign of the Tav like this, up and across. Up and across. And what does that look like? It was the sign of the cross. So the Tav in Hebrew is the ancient sign of the cross. And it's not just any cross. It's a cross made out of blood. It's a blood-stained cross. And the blood is important because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, no forgiveness of sins, And it's through the shedding of innocent blood that we are delivered out of darkness and brought into the light. And during the night, the angel of death went through the entire camp of the Egyptians and killed the firstborn of every family in the land of Egypt, including the animals. And every home that had the sign of the blood the sign of the cross, the top, on their door of their house, the angel passed over it. And that's why it's referred to as the Passover. And the plague of death did not come to the house. Now, Paul makes it emphatic. He makes a clear connection between Jesus and the Passover in 1 Corinthians 5.7. He says, for indeed, Christ Our Passover was sacrificed for us. And so Jesus is the Passover lamb. He is our Passover. And Passover points us to the death of Jesus as our Passover lamb. The very next day after Passover begins the Feast of Unleavened Bread. In verse 6 of chapter 23, we read, On the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread to the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. It's a day of rest. It's a Sabbath. It's a Shabbat. But you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord for seven days. The seventh day shall be a holy convocation, another Shabbat. And you shall do no customary work on it. Now he says here that they are to eat unleavened bread. And leaven in scripture is a type of sin. And so this is bread that is supposed to have no sin in it. Bread that has no sin in it. Now, wouldn't it be interesting to find out what this bread represents? Friends, we want you to know how special you are to us. But more importantly, we want you to know how special you are to God. God loves you. And he gave everything for you so that you could have eternal life. His son Jesus died on the cross for your sins so that you could be forgiven and you could know that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. Why don't you pray this simple prayer, mean it with all your heart, and make that decision to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. To say, Jesus, I surrender to you. Forgive me for living my life without you. I don't want to live without you anymore. I want to live for you, Forgive me for breaking your law and fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. And if you pray that prayer, you can have the assurance that you're going to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven.
0: And I look forward to spending that eternity with you. You've been listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis. As we wrap up today's message, we want to give you the opportunity to partner with us in ministry. This radio broadcast is, in a way, a virtual mission field. We're praying that every time a message is shared, someone's heart is drawn to Jesus. We pray for grace to be known and for lives to be changed. Would you join us in lifting up your fellow listeners to the Lord? Ask God to protect them and draw them closer with each moment they listen. There's one more way you can partner with us, too. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting Worship Life Radio? Every amount given, no matter the size, will be used to spread the gospel message, and we're so grateful for it. You can find out more and donate securely online at CalvarySanClemente.org. Just click on Give. Thanks for partnering with us here at Worship Life Radio. Do you live in the San Clemente area? If so, we'd love to have you join us for worship at Calvary Chapel San Clemente. We meet every Sunday at 8 and 10 a.m., and we have a Bible study on Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. that you're welcome to be a part of, too. Come for a time of singing praises, learning from the Bible, and being with your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you can't come in person just yet, that's okay. You can still be a part of our church online through our website. Find out more at CalvarySanClemente.org. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in, and be sure to join us next time for another edition of Worship Life Radio.
1: Every one of us is on a journey of grace. God wants you to be free and full of joy. Pastor Holland's message series, A Journey of Grace, will help you discover how to live the abundant life that Jesus promises to give you today. Order your personal copy of A Journey of Grace at worshipliferadio.com.